Welcome to In Discovery We Trust, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. This week we are discussing the mid-season finale of the first season, Into the Forest I Go. And here we go! Excelsior! <laughs> right, whatever. Uh, well, I'll introduce myself first this week. I am one of two hosts. I am Kevin, joined by... Ethan! And so... I can't believe we're already at the mid-season finale. We are nine episodes into the series already, which is just crazy. It seems like just yesterday. It still feels new. As much as that's a cliche. But it still feels like it just started. Yeah, Um, I feel that we just were starting to really get to know these characters and get mm -hmm. used to them. Although, they've been shifting so much. And even in this episode, I think they shifted even more. Significantly more. So... Sort of on a high level, what are your what are your sort of what feelings did this episode leave you with? Um, I, I left me with a lot of questions. Yep. I definitely enjoyed the spectacle of it. Mm. Um, but the, I have a lot of questions, and I have some questions not only about what's going to happen next, which yep. are obvious, but I have questions about the characters. And uh, I think Lork has been all over the map. Yep. And I don't know what to make of Lorca at all. A lot More of so stuff, with this. A lot of stuff happened in this episode, and I kind of feel like that this episode, in a way, is almost... It feels like it's kind of rebooting the season, in a way. That Every, makes sense. You know, you go from the first episode to this one, it's you know mostly the Klingon Wars going on in the background. And even though it's not technically done yet, you know, it, the the... With that Klingon ship destroyed, it kind of feels like it's all over with now, and then they're going to kind of go off in a new direction. So it feels like that is all over and done with, and now we're going to kind of look at this brand new, almost like it's going to go into a brand new premise now. It does seem that way. I, I would imagine that now with that um, the leader who united mm-hmm. the houses gone, the houses will then, yep. um, you know, their alliance will break apart and they'll, right. they'll get out of this war. I would. Th- I wouldn't be surprised though if someone else rises up. They are very warlike, and that would that, this would require them to yeah leave a war or admit defeat or at right. least um, you know check out of the war. So perhaps something else will come. But I did. I almost got the impression from this episode it was similar to that second episode. Yep. Where Battle we sort of have stars. changed. Yeah, we've changed everything up now. Right. And we're off in this other direction. It's become a different show. Maybe. We'll see what happens. I would I would like to see it do that. So some of the things that really stuck out to me, you know, I you know, obviously I took copious notes as I watched the episode multiple times, but I would say that, you know, on the first viewing, the thing that really stuck out to me the most was uh Stamets and Lorca taking a look at the star map. Mm, yes. And Stamets mentioning that, you know, it seems like there are alternate parallel universes connecting to the mycelial web. Yes. So uh, immediately I'm thinking to myself, oh, mirror universe maybe? Of course, we're mirror universe yeah. focused. Or is Discovery set in a different timeline? You know, I know they've been saying it's in the prime universe and for some reason fans can't seem to accept that. They still are convinced that Discovery is setting up its own timeline, but... Or maybe it's on dimension. Or maybe, I don't, you know, maybe, I don't know. I mean, you know, the big thing is obviously because it looks visually different. But, uh, you know, this is 2017 versus 1967. So, mm-hmm. um, but that that scene really kind of stuck out to me because it was something I had been thinking sort of before then, you know. Mirror Universe had been on my mind. So that, to me, almost felt like, not total confirmation, but it, there felt like some vindication there for me. That that's sort of the direction we were heading in. I think so, and, and I think certainly the end, where they were somewhere, they didn't know where. Right. But what oh, I was wondering in that scene, first I thought, Lorca, was he full of shit with Stamets? Now, not not on that particularly, not about right. the universes, but <laughs> he suddenly was something we've never seen from Lorca. He was the, the explorer, the scientist, the one yeah. out for new discoveries. We've never seen that side of Lorca. Lorca yeah. has been where we need to... Kill the Klingons, we need to win this war. That's right. it. Right. We've seen no... Actually, if anything, he's been annoyed that they have to stop and do science every now and then. I think because now they've destroyed that Klingon vessel, maybe he feels like he's kind of done it. That you makes know, in sense. in some way. Um, that, I forget the name of that Klingon ship, but I want, keep wanting to call The Ship of the Dead? Ship of the Dead. I almost yes. want to call it... The, it's the coffin ship with all the coffins on the outside. Yes. Um, 
yeah, maybe he feels like now that that ship has been destroyed, maybe the war is not technically over with, but he feels like he's made a big enough impact that, you know, he doesn't have to worry about it as much anymore. I don't know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know what to make. I think we've, we've come back to this question throughout the whole season. We don't yeah. know what to make of Lorca. Is he super evil? He's not been super evil in a while. No, and- but he's gone through facets. You know, some, when you first meet him, you're not sure about him. Then sometimes you don't like him. And then you do like him. So he kind of goes through this sort of like... A roller coaster of likability, if that if that makes any sense. Yeah, and I feel that he's been trending toward the much more likable over the last bunch of episodes, three or yeah. four. I, I I made a note while watching it that he reminded me of a late stage Kirk. Late, yes. Because when he was um, violating the direct order from mm-hmm. Starfleet, it had a very Kirk-like vibe to it, where whenever Kirk would violate direct right. orders, it was always because he realized that there was some moral imperative, something right. that was more important than, than the orders were. You're talking like when he's going to warp to the uh, starbase, but he's like, if we figure something out, take yes. us right back. So right. I'm going to give the illusion that I'm following orders, even though I'm really not. Exactly. And yeah. he said, uh, if you're going to violate orders, it's best not to advertise. That yes. seemed like a very Kirk thing to say. Yeah. No, yeah, absolutely. I wonder if he's a uh, an inspiration to Kirk at any point. Right. Also, um, he, very empathetic of him. He's care- He suddenly, his attention shifts to protecting the planet. Oh, totally. Yeah. Very unlike. Like, where did that come from all of a sudden? Yes, yes. You know, is, you know, we... I, I always had the insane theory that Lorca is from the mirror universe. That he is, you know, just given how much he loved going into this war and he loved commanding it and just how evil he seemed like. And, you know, even Admiral Cornwell kind of confirmed it for me that he's just not, you know, he shouldn't be in command right mm-hmm. now. But, um, but yeah, he's taken an odd turn now. He's He's much more likable and he has that sort of Starfleet, you know, mentality about him wanting, of wanting to explore now. Yeah, it's it's very odd. And given uh, the Admiral, especially, once the, he knows the Admiral has been returned to the ship, yeah. he doesn't, he didn't seem to freak out. I looked for any expression or any kind of reaction from him, and maybe a, a quick something on his face, but there yeah. was no, um, you know, gone was the Lorca that was ready to leave her behind in right. order to save his command. Yeah, totally. Um so among the many things I noticed, um, you know, I love the idea that they have to try to figure out this Klingon cloaking device and figure out how to kind of get past it. Um, which to me, now that they know how to do that, it now makes more sense because, you know, as we know later on in the original series, the Klingons obtain a cloaking device from the Romulans. That's why they need a new cloaking device. So they need a new cloaking device. So I thought, oh, this is fantastic. So now, you know, if that's the case, you know, that makes total sense now. And, you know, again, a lot of sort of, I want to say throwbacks, but maybe throwheads, if that makes any sense, to Star Trek VI. Again, you know, you have the Klingon ship that can't fire while cloaked. You know, and they talk about, and they have the, they only have the one prototype in six, but they talk about how the Klingons have to lower their, sh- you know, when they're cloaked, mm-hmm. they can't have weapons or they don't have shields. So I love that they are maintaining that sort of they're they're maintaining that rule you know yes. it's been established throughout the other uh, you know from later on. But... Even the Romulans could not solve that technical problem. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Um, so yeah, I, don't, I mean, to me, it it does in a way feel like you know with the ship of the dead destroyed, it does feel like the Klingon war, as it were, has come to its natural conclusion and that we're going to move on to a different sort of concept. It, this season even though i know this is the backdrop for the entire season Mm. in a way i feel like the season's over already even though we have six episodes left yeah i do feel that we got a a story with a beginning a middle and an end yeah um it started on the ship of the dead and it ended on the ship of the dead right and i mean yeah it was really bookended because burnham was on the ship of the dead it's where you know uh philippa georgia was killed and then Mm -hmm. she gets her she gets her redemption and then, you know, she's back on fighting and then she destroys it. So to me, it felt like, you know, if they, if they said this was the final episode of the season, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be happy because it would have been short. But it would, it, to me, it, it feels like, yeah, you could end the season right here. Oh, absolutely. And it, it sort of comes to this idea of what is a season anymore in right. TV? They're so short. Six episodes. I would definitely feel as though 
more than even many seasons on shows. We got it, like I said, story at the beginning, a middle, and an end. Right. But we got enough set up that we know where we're going next, and it's going right. to, I think, circle around Tyler and the Klingon hmm. uh, woman. Right. And I don't know what's going on there, but I don't think it's as simple is, as we... so weird. I don't think it's as simple as it's being made out to be. Well, you know, I was reading some stuff online. You know, obviously the big theory is that Ash Tyler is actually a Klingon undercover. And when he was having those flashbacks of him being tortured, even though, like, they were really brief, and I was trying to, like... I was trying to watch this sort of frame by frame. Uh-huh. To see if, like, maybe, you know, we could see him, like, as a Klingon and then sort of, like, getting his human appearance applied or something like that. I don't know. Right. But what if, you know, the theories, the leading theory I've read online is that he's, they still think he's a Klingon, but now he may not realize it or he doesn't remember who he was. Because oh. he goes to her and says, what, what have you done to me? You know, what did you, yeah. what did you do to me? And she doesn't really give him a straight answer, obviously. But, you know, I liked the idea that maybe he is actually a hidden Klingon and doesn't realize it or has no memory of that. You know, I think I said a few weeks ago, you know, what if he's sort of like a sleeper agent who hasn't been activated yet? Right. You know? But I, but even then, I thought, well, he must know that he's a Klingon. So in a very Battlestar-like way, he, right. that would be a really odd choice. Right. And, I, and I did see this really uh, funny picture online today of, um, of him, Ash Tyler. It was a side-by-side comparison of him and uh, Koloth from the original series. Uh-huh. The, the person had known that they thought they looked alike. Like, the goatees look the same. And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, obviously Klingons invented goatees. You know, if a human has one, that means that he's a Klingon, right? Or he's in the mirror universe. Or he's in the mirror universe, right. Um, I mean, yeah, I saw some similarities. And they were like, you know, maybe he's sort of the... The, 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 the person who posted this kind of was sort of like disregarding the things that Enterprise had done with the Klingons. And thought mm-hmm. maybe Ash Tyler is the first one. Oh. The first Klingon to look like this. If, uh, because they noted that any the original series Klingons that later appear on Deep Space Nine yeah. have the forehead ridges. Yeah. The the thing is, if Enterprise had not done what it had done, then I would love this idea. Same, but you know, and but even though that the the Klingons that appear in the original series later appear on Deep Space Nine, they have even though they have forehead ridges on DS Nine, they do say on Enterprise like when that story is wrapping up that. You know the 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 main Klingon uh, 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 antagonist of that episode. I forget his name. Mentioned that he was a doctor, and he mentioned that you know maybe the next thing he should try is cranial reconstruction. So I'm like, okay, well, uh, maybe he, obviously maybe he succeeded or something because by the time you know the again TOS Klingons are on DS9, they have their forehead ridges back. So it would make sense to me that you know maybe they actually did get their ridges reconstructed or something like that. I don't know, but. Mm-hmm. Um, so as cool as that may sound, you know, with Tyler, I, I I don't know how much I truly, you know, can endorse that that type of uh, theory. No, because when we saw the flashbacks, it was clear that they were some type of a sexual encounter. Right. We saw um, a painful, painful sexual encounter. Sexual encounter. Yeah. Seemingly, he was. You know, no consent was probably given, or he was at least, um, you know, pressured. Right. Given the the power dynamic of being a prisoner, right. and um, you know, and we did see Klingon boobs. Has to be yes. acknowledged. Yes, we did. They're pretty much what I expected, I uh-huh. suppose. <laughs> yeah, it made a lot of sense. No surprises there. Um, but I was looking for, like you said, looking closely, trying to see something, and I yeah. thought I saw something where there was something odd happening that wasn't necessarily just a sexual encounter it Mm. seemed to be i don't know what but didn't look right didn't look right it didn't didn't look look that simplified right how would there's certainly something more going on even her reaction of don't worry i won't let them hurt you yeah it's not just because she thinks he's attractive i mean to fuck him even if he is not a Klingon, there's still yeah, there's still something really strange going on there. You know, yes. even if it turns out that he's not a Klingon, but um, you know, and people are only saying that because that actor played a Klingon in the first two episodes, which is just yeah. Of course, you would say that then. I, I mean, you right. know, they're not putting putting. Uh, but that's where it stems from. I mean, Soniqua in a Klingon costume because she has the right. day off. It's, right. Would be but I will say, there's an episode of Deep Space Nine where Jeffrey Coombs, who plays Wayun, did pull double duty and play a Ferengi. Well, Jeffrey Coombs has played a lot though. 
Right, but in the same episode. In the oh. same episode, he played two different characters. Okay. So... That was, just, those are different saying. times. It was a different time, but I'm just saying, you know. Yeah, he was one of those actors that... It seemed like that happened a lot with Star Trek. If you were a costume Star Trek actor, they would just keep bringing you back. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, so, one thing I want to point out, you know, this is not related to Ash Tyler, but, you know, just to... But, well, let me wrap up on Ash Tyler for a second, though. So, I'm really curious to see what's going to happen. You know, I, I'm I'm still... I wouldn't say that I'm totally convinced that he's a Klingon just yet, but I'm, 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 I'm open to the idea. It would make sense so far from what we've seen. But I feel like we're not quite there yet. I think that at at this point where it can go, it could kind of go either way. Yeah, I, I feel that we. I don't think we figured anything out, but I like that there is this big mystery there. Where clearly, what's on the surface, I don't think is the whole yeah. story. There's some weird connection going on there, but I, you know, I'm not really sure what it is with their uh, relationship and the Klingon who's with them, Lorel. Um, you know, it seems like she's going to be on the show regularly now, just given how the episode ended. Right, she's in the so, prison, and I'm um, sure at a point they would want um, the ship to turn her over. But then again, Lorca plays by his own rules. Maybe he would not turn her over to. So the big talking point that I want to discuss, but I want to get a few. I want to get like smaller things out of the way first. You know, the biggest thing is obviously is you know how what the hell happened at the end of this episode, right? But uh, one thing I did notice. Um, is that there is a cadet Decker mentioned okay. in the episode. Cadet Cadet Decker, okay. which is more than likely a nod to uh, Captain Decker from Star Trek The Motion Picture. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because it's established that he is the son of he is the son of Matt Decker, who was referenced a few episodes ago, who was a Commodore in the original series, who was the insane Commodore in the Doomsday Machine, who was the the Ahab of that episode. Oh, interesting. I wonder so, if we'll get some insane Commodore action in this show. Well, I mean, this would be his son, Will Decker. So at this point, he would be a cap. He would be a cadet. Oh right, right. Yes, but his father must still be around, right? Well, his father's reference. So yeah, yeah. At this point, his father. At that point, his father's a captain. Mm. He's not a commodore yet. So that's just something I picked up. Um, nice. So, oh, and, and it was said by one of the writers uh, that we will be seeing more uh, original series uh, characters. It was said that we will be. Yes, in the season. This, this beyond, season. yeah, beyond um, mud. Oh. Did he say who? No, no, no. <laughs> they don't say who. Like, well, they picked such random characters too, you know. Um, so, I was reading that um, Michelle Yeoh had mentioned that she's not done with the series yet. Interesting. That she's still set to come back. More flashbacks. Well, that's the thing. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, who does know? Except for the writers. But here's the thing: if they if they somehow make it into the mirror universe, oh, there could be an evil Michelle. Yeoh. There could be an evil. Yeah, there right. could be an evil Captain Georgia. Well, that would be fantastic. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that the way this episode ended and what we just sort of saw leading up to it, you know, I I could tell that we were heading into something awful. Because after you know, after the after the hundred and thirty three jumps, yes. Stamets was like, "I can't do this anymore." I, you know, but then he said, "I can give you one more jump." Right, and then he was saying how you knew something bad was going to happen. Right, I'm like, "Okay, what? Well, there's one more jump." It's right, gonna, I'm like, "Something's going, something horrible is going to happen." When he was telling his partner, especially, things are going to be so great after this one jump. We're going to go and we're going to have a lovely vacation in this place. And I just yep. be like, "Okay, he's done." They are, yeah. I'm like, they are telegraphing disaster right, right then and there. Yes. Now, have you seen this where someone had? Uh, did a freeze when Lorca is entering the coordinates for the last jump. I remember him doing it, but what's the... So there's a close-up. Yeah. And you see that he um, entered, I believe... Maybe we should look it up before we talk about it, to be honest. No. But, okay. So it's the same coordinates as the previous jump. Okay. Okay. So the one hundred and thirty third jump, right, which was where, which was back to Palo, because that's where they were when they were doing that. Yes. They were jumping all around the Klingon ship. Yes, interesting. Yes. Now, is that an oversight, or I don't is know. that any that we don't know? I don't know. Right. I don't know. Though it seems it doesn't matter because they certainly wind up uh, somewhere different. Now, it's interesting. He says there's Klingon debris around us. 
Well, is it Klingon debris, though? Right. Do we know that? I mean... Why would he think... Oh, he would think it was because... Oh, why would he think? He would think it's a ship of the dead, but no, they just jumped. And they don't know where they are. They don't know where they are. Why That's the thing. Saru has no idea where they are. Right. Um, but see, this speaks to a few things, right? And I think this also potentially addresses a canon issue that some people may have. Two issues, really. Again, you know, this has come up in the past. You know, the spore drive. The fact that Discovery can go instantaneously across the galaxy in the blink of an eye. Where is this technology later on? You know, where is this technology by Kirk? Because, you know, mm. I, I'm okay with that because... Well, obviously, you know... It's it's kind of proven that it can't be used well. It can't be used well. Right. I think we're going to see it fail. Yeah. Or be destroyed. Or outlawed or, or something be, like that. Right. Something yeah. like that. Or they'll they may maybe they'll kill the mycelial web or something. Something is going to happen to explain this. I'm confident. Well, that's the thing. Like we, I think we're going to find out that it just it's not proven to work well because you have to have you know a human host controlling it or some something to that effect and it damages them, or if Discovery itself is truly, like, missing, sort of, for a while, mm-hmm. it's the only ship that has it. Maybe it gets lost. It gets lost. Mm-hmm. Um, because so wouldn't it have been handy if they just had a spore drive laying around in case of an emergency? Voyager would have been a very short series. Well, see, and this is the thing, you know, this is this is where Voyager comes to mind. You know, assume, we don't know where they are. Well, right? th- Voyager yeah. was the first thing that popped into my head when right. they said we don't know where we are. Exactly. And it's like... We don't know, like, are they just in a different reality? Are they hundreds of thousands of light years away? Whatever the case. But the fact that they're lost, you know, obviously it brought to mind, it brought Voyager to mind. Yes. Um, I don't really have, I don't really have a theory as to where they are. I mean, I, I don't know enough. I don't um, know either. I don't think that, I, I, but I don't feel like they're hundreds of thousands of light years away. Because they keep talking about reality, you know, multiple realities and universes and whatnot. So I still think that they're in the same place. They're just in a different... They could yes. be in a different plane of existence, a different reality. Right. So, yeah, it's true. They brought up multiple dimensions. So yeah. it's Chekhov's dimension. You don't bring up multiple dimensions in the first act without going to one in the third right. act. Exactly. And it's... it's I'm hoping we, I mean, I'm hoping we do see the mirror universe, but I feel like, I don't know if we're quite there yet. I think we might be, but... I think we're somewhere else. I think... Well, the thought I had about the mirror universe, I know we, I don't think we've had any evidence on the show yet to back this up, but I would expect that if you were in the mirror universe, your sensors might say you are in the that would just say you're at this co- these coordinates that would match up to the regular universe. Yes, exactly. That's what yeah. I would expect. So they would right. be able to know where they were, but they might say, you know, oh, but this doesn't look right. Something's right. not, there's not a planet right. here that should be or whatever it is. No, I, I actually, I agree with that. I do agree with that. But what I noticed was, I don't know if you, did you pick this up? When Discovery was making that last jump, did you notice the ship split in two very briefly? I think I did because I yeah. remember watching and I thought, oh no, that doesn't look right. That doesn't look right. I mean, <laughs> I thought no, it was it going I mean, to break or something. You know, and obviously Stamets was reacting in a way that we weren't, you know, that was not good. And the ship seemed to split in two and you're like, oh my God, you know, what the hell is that? Mm. So did it cross into another reality? Was the ship, you know, or was the ship duplicated or something like that? I don't know. I think it definitely crossed into another. It's dimension. clear like something went wrong at, you know, obviously something went wrong at a very crucial point during the jump. Yes. Which caused everything to kind of... So, yeah. But I agree with you when they say, you know, if, if they were in the mirror universe, they would still be able to get a set of coordinates as to where they were. I would think. Everything around them just wouldn't... I would think. ...look right. Perhaps there's a clue in some of the things Stamets said. Um, what was it? There's a clearing in the forest that they go through? Yes. I and then so. I can see them all. They're beautiful. That's what he said. He said that he can see all... The... Yeah, I have that written down. He says he sees all the permutations. Okay. Permutations. So I'm thinking to myself, like, is he? Is that what you're talking about? Like, is he seeing multiple realities all at once? Uh, yeah. Seeing multiple universes. That all at once? and the other one that he said is the one that seemed that one seemed a little more clear. The one where he said there's a clearing in the forest. Into the forest, I go. And that's where they go, or something. Yeah. Which was strange. Could obviously. he be referencing the the mushroom garden? Perhaps. Oh, wait, the Mushroom Garden? 
Oh, yeah. right. Okay. Yeah. I forgot about the mushroom garden. We've only we've only seen it once. <laughs> That's right. It was very nice looking. Um, but you know, if, if discovery is truly, if discovery is able to truly traverse across multiple realities, you know, could that mean that at some point we could meet up with, say, the Abrams verse? At some point, the Abrams films. You know, uh, could that be the original series characters they're talking about? I don't know. I wouldn't think so, only from a production standpoint. Yeah. I don't think that would be workable. You don't think so? Well, I don't think they can afford any of the actors, for one. And I don't think that... I feel like they could. The production plays nice, the TV and the film production. Right. Although visually, they look look similar. I would believe that Discovery takes place in that same... Oh, certainly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It would be fantastic. I would welcome it. But... Like I said, you know, if Discovery is permanently missing, because we don't, you know, we don't, obviously we've never heard of this shit before, but that doesn't really mean anything. Um, you know, it may explain why the Spore Drive is never seen again. Um, but also, you know, if Discovery is leaping across universes, it also reduces the sort of potential canon problems that they may run into. Yeah, that's very true. It also it sets up a great second half of the season. Yeah. Where they're in this other dimension and they're trying to figure out how to survive, how to get back. Right. That would be a good um, story arc, certainly. I got a real sense of like when the episode ended, you know, it just reminded me, you know, unrelated show, but the way the pilot of Lost ended. You know, like I wanted Lorca to say, you know, guys, where are we? Yeah. <laughs> just like Charlie did on the island. But like, you know, and I, I <coughs> excuse me. I rewatched that, the ending of that episode, and I just kept trying to, and I was pausing it. I was trying to get a good look at the debris or whatever the hell it was to see if there was anything that was recognizable. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, there's nothing I noticed. There's nothing recognizable at all. Yeah. 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 The only clue we have is what Lorca said. Yeah. He didn't know. He just said, is that Klingon debris? Yeah. I believe. But as I said, you know, this to me feels like that, this kind of feels like they're rebooting the show in some strange way. Yeah, I think they're sort of they're closing. Yeah, like it closing the page on the Klingon War aspect and yeah. going on to this dimensional, um, dimensional travel aspect, yeah. which would be very interesting because they'd be cut off from supplies, they'd be cut off from Starfleet. It, I mean, it would be Voyager all over again if that's the case, right? Unless they are in, they are in the mirror universe, and then they're moving through a hostile, a hostile world, which would change things dramatically. I don't know. You think so? Yeah, I think they would. They would be in the middle of you know. Think if the, the Terran Empire suddenly there's a ship appears. They're, yeah, they're not going to give them safe passage through the well mirror universe with Discovery. Say, let's you know, let's for the moment say that Discovery is missing, right? And say it's going to go missing for a while. You know, what if like the you know over the course of the next season or even next few seasons, let's say, because don't, we don't know how the season ends yet. You know, Discovery is sort of jumping around into these different sort of realities. The reality they came from, does that give it the opportunity to sort of take on the aesthetic of the original series at some point? Oh, oh. You know? like, like Deep Space Nine did where they went to the... Yeah. That's, I mean, well, here's the While thing. you were gone, you know, we kind of retroverted all our technology. Right, or in this uh, universe, right. the ships have a lot more primary colors, right. a lot less metal. <laughs> Hopefully, mean, it would be really fun. You know, I, I thought of, I, I had some, I, people would hate this so much, but, you know, they say that it's been stated by the producers that there will be a, re, there will, an explanation will be provided that by the time the original series comes You'll know why things look that way. Really, less advanced. That's what they. That's what they said. Well, maybe not. Maybe, maybe not those exact words, but they. They said there. W- it will be sort of explained. Well, that's interesting, right? I, I would surprise and so, me greatly. But the thing that I think people are going people are going to hate mm-hmm. is, you know, they say Discovery takes place in the Prime Universe, and everything we've seen before the Abrams films is the Prime Universe, right? What if? What if? What if it turns out the original series is not the Prime Universe at all? Right. So you're saying that if Discovery mm. sort of 
jumps into a universe that is the universe we know as the prime universe. Right. And it's actually a secondary universe. Uh-huh. And discovery will take place in the prime universe in that they will jump into it at a point. Yes. But they, that's not where they came from. Right. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So like the original series universe and everything after it is real and it's actually, but it's not, it's not where discovery comes from basically. Right. But then do you think that's where Annex 01 and Archer and all that is from? Cause the look would match up more with this show. True. Yeah. I mean, so far, like when you look at the Abrams movies, cause you know, the realities split with the, when Kirk is born, you have the, the USS Kelvin and that's where they diverge. Cause that's where Nero came back and destroyed it. Mm-hmm. That's where the realities diverge. But between the the prime universe, as we're calling it, and the and the, the it's actually called the Kelvin universe, the the um the Kelvin timeline, right? Because they diverge at that point, they have a share they have a shared past. So yes. They, so the Enterprise timeline. Yes. They both share. So, yes. Right. Supposedly. Yeah. Supposedly. Well, they, not supposedly they do. Okay. They share they share that because that was before the point of divergence. Right. But we know also that Discovery also has an archer. Yes. So they also share a past. Mm-hmm. But is it the same past? Is what I think that's what you're positing. Well, Maybe that's what not. I'm po- and and to to add to to make things more confusing. Um back when Enterprise first premiered, because it looked more futuristic than the original series, again, we know why. Just because of the production, thirty-five years later, some even and and also because of the temporal prime, the temporal cold war, some oh, right. began to think, speculate. Maybe enterprises takes maybe enterprise takes place in an alternate reality. Maybe mm. enterprise isn't actually or an alternate timeline. An alternate timeline. They did enough time travel that yeah, things could have went out of whack. Yeah, because when and and I'll and I'll admit, you know, with that show, I kind of wondered that myself at times. You know, when Daniels would come back and say, you know this shouldn't be happening or that wasn't supposed to happen. Da, da, da. So I'm thinking like, so does that mean that when he says it wasn't supposed to happen, does that mean there's a timeline that exists somewhere where it didn't happen? You know, like what? So to me, it's, I know it, it's like confusing as fuck right now, but to me that only added kind of like fuel to the fire. Like, Oh, maybe enterprise is actually in a, an alternate timeline or something like an alternate reality or some something like that yeah because daniels is coming back and messing around with stuff right i don't know these are the types of things i don't think we can know until we get further right. uh into and, I, and this is getting like insanely convoluted yeah. but and i don't know that this show will answer those types of questions no because i think this show is going to operate as if nobody knows all of the ins and outs of yeah enterprise and what came you know what came for it if we get to a point where we see original series look i think that's yes more of a touchstone for all everyone that knows star trek that that would make right. more sense well it's also strange to me in a way because you know i was thinking about this the other day and this it's such a it's such a minor thing but by this point where discovery is set the original series pilot the cage mm-hmm. has already happened it has already it happened. has already happened okay it's about it's about three years prior to when Discovery begins. Interesting. So, um, so that means that Captain Pike and Spock they're out there on the Enterprise somewhere, right? Right. But what's odd to me is that in the in the pilot of the cage, you know, they're wearing essentially early versions of what become the original series uniforms. Yes. You know, they've got the... They've only got two colors. They've got gold and they've got blue. Yeah, they're not wearing blue jumpsuits with gold and silver. Right. So, why... Why why are they wearing that? And then, you know... And then Discovery has these... Enterprise... Almost like a marriage between the Enterprise uniforms and the original series uniforms. Why are they wearing those? Because you have to assume that if Discovery's wearing those, then everybody else is too. One would think so. And One everyone else so. we've seen, too. We've seen right. an admiral wearing it. We've seen another... I'm not sure who that Vulcan, what so, his rank was, but we've seen him so, wearing them. So, you know, I don't know who the Starfleet Quartermaster is, but, like, why Why do the uniforms look very much like the original series uniforms in 
by the cage, but then in Discovery they change completely, and then when Kirk and company comes along, they kind of go back to that. Uh, well, you know, I wonder, I is this another of the, is, we is, know why, because... Right. But I don't know that that's as clear, because I don't see why you couldn't make, as the Abrams films did, yeah. an updated version that stays pretty true to the right. I mean, original. again, it's it's. I know I'm getting into, like, you know, stupid little things here, but, like... It, you know, or is Discovery a sort of its own wing of Starfleet that doesn't that I don't know, has but a difference? Except we've seen admirals. We've seen admirals. That have. I, I, so it's it's just it's it's odd to me that at least the, un, the we have that uniform change and then it kind of goes back to the way it was. Or yeah, or does after it? that? You know, because that is a good point. It, I mean, I realize the, the the real reason is so the the show can be different, differentiate itself from the other ones. I, I right. understand that, but, but I'd like to think it was deliberate. Yeah, and maybe we'll see that, like you said, if there is an explanation of why how mm. they, why things look the way that they do, because there were certainly ways to make it more in line with. Right. I mean, just give them all these different colored shirts, right? Because degree. Discovery's uniforms right now, you know, to me, they they you know, if you take the cage out of the equation for a second here, they they do look like a natural extension of Enterprise's uniforms. And heading in the direction of the original series uniform. Oh, absolutely. They've gone from the jumpsuit to, I think they are actually two parts in this. Right. But they've yeah. got the same blue color. Right. The same blue color. Ships don't have their own patches anymore. Right. They don't have yeah. their own patches. They're just going by color. Yeah. And the colors are on the shoulder area. Right. Yeah. It is it's it is like a definitely... Like, I have to assume those uniforms were designed with Enterprise would, yeah, sort of certainly. in mind. Right. They would have to. The blue um, alone. The ranking, the rank pips are actually on the Starfleet Delta itself yeah that is interesting huh um you know the the i know we're gonna hang up on uniforms here but like you know the <laughs> medical medical uh wing they were white yes you know where before that they were blue and so now, but didn't flox wear white flox didn't wear a uniform he kind of wore his own like doctor clothes yeah he right. just kind of wore his own like you know because he wasn't a member of of starfleet oh that's right so um he, by the way, is on my list of people I like to see appear on the show. I would like that as well. I, I forget his history. Fox. If he was in Starfleet, you know, he was in the Interspecies Medical Exchange. Okay, but he wasn't actually not from what we saw anyway. Was a, he was never a member of Starfleet? Yeah, because he became one later on. They may have a long life. I don't know. I feel like they do. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling nobody else have a long life. They just seem like, you know. Yeah, they. Uh, but it's an alien, and there's no established life. They can yeah. make it however long they want if they really want right. to bring the character back. So, given the way the episode ends, I mean, do you have any sort of guesses or kind of a wish list of what you'd like to see happen next? Um, let's see. Actually, well, before that, I just want to say, because I didn't, we didn't give this any attention, but um, I really liked, we talked about how we like to see um, Enterprise, I mean, oh, oof, Discovery in battle. Yes. And I really loved when Lorca was playing possum with the... Uh, Klingons, and then finally he said, "All right, let's show them what we can do." Mm-hmm. And then they started unloading on it. That yep. was great. And even just um, jumping all around it, and the the Klingons yep. being totally dumbfounded. Yep. So this is what their secret weapon can do. Mm-hmm. That was great. Yeah. Um, that was fantastic. Like I said, uh, it was a spectacle. That was great. It was to watch. that, and and I think that's what. And, you know, in, on After Trek last week, you know, Ted Sullivan had mentioned that he thought that this episode had very... He said, like, this is very, like, balance of terror good. Mm. Which, um... I, I personally don't agree with, but that moment that you're talking about reminded me a little bit of the balance of terror. Like, the, the you know, the way the two ships were kind of going at it like that. But yeah, it was it was sort of playing possum, as it were. But. Yes, and it was great to see... Um, you know, you knew that they were working towards a solution, but like, would they make it? Would they not make it? Right. And then to finally do it and then be able to unload on it. But the way they did it, the way they sort of concocted the plan and, you know, figured here's what we're going to do. It had a very original series feel to it. Yeah, it's true. Like like the whole crew working together to kind of. Right. And pushing the ship to its limits. Pushing the ship to its limits. That's a big original series trope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, And they're doing it sort of, you know, quote unquote, against orders. Mm-hmm. basically and um you know it's kind of like Lorca didn't really say it but he's like you know if he did it'd be something like you know i'm going to you know 
I'm going to violate our orders if you have any, if you, you know, if you, if any, oh, Picard said this in first contact, actually, he's like, you know, I'm about to commit a direct violation of our orders. If any of you wish to object, you may do so now. Oh, right. You know, but yeah. I, it has a very sort of Trek feel to it in that the captain is sort of telling the crew like, yes, I'm going to violate orders. Right. I can't force you to do it. I can't force you to do it. Right. But and here's you, you, you know, do it. But, and the, but the crew goes along with it anyway. The crew's like, yeah, we want to. Yeah, you know. Yeah, we've seen that very many times. We've seen that many times, and I love and I love when we see that because to me that just feels like that's a Trek, not really a trope, but it's like it's like, it's, it's like a Trek element in an episode that I really like. Yeah, so the captain knows he's going to violate orders, and the captains are very honorable, and they're right. not going to force their subordinates and, uh, to do anything that's going to get them in trouble. Right. He's like, you're just following my orders, but the crew's just kind of like, and as Data said in first contact, he says, you know, I believe I speak for everyone here, sir, when I say to hell with our orders. Mm. Right, right. So, um, one other thing about that battle I liked was that um, the Klingon leader figured it out at a point. Not really, right. but he figured out something was going on and he was going to leave. So, I like that they, they made the Klingons a, a worthy opponent in that way. Yeah. That he anticipated and said, this is really weird and clearly they're trying to trick us in some way. So, let's right. just get out of here. Which reminded me, I don't it's, you know... Being on that Klingon ship, and when they found Admiral, is it Cornwall or Cornwell? I don't want to say Cornwall. I'm, I, I think it's Cornwall, but is it Cornwall? Um, uh, Lorca, you know, they brought her back to Discovery, and then she ended up, you know, she had to, you know, the the medical shuttle picked her up, and she went off and had her operate. But Lorca didn't seem to to care. No, he. I expected because you know, I was expecting him to kind of. I thought to myself, no, this is going to be it because Lorca sees her as a threat to his command. Right, but like and, I said, that Lorca seems to be gone. Right, and I'm and I thought, but I thought to myself before that, I was like, oh my god, this is it. Like you know, he, he's now because she's the only one who can kind of remove him from from command, and he doesn't want to lose that. And remember, you know, obviously that scene from a few weeks ago where she says we have to figure out what is her line like. I we're gonna f- figure out how you can step down or something like that. Yes, yes. Well. So that actually brings to an interesting point. Yeah. What if that close-up of Lorca putting in the coordinates was important? What if he knows what's going on with the dimensions? What if he did it on purpose? Now, that would be fitting with the early season Lorca. That would be fitting. That's yeah. something he would do yeah. to keep command. Because now, if they are in another dimension, I don't think the Admiral is going to take the ship away from him and put him in the brig. True, but don't forget, you know, Stamets, he didn't force Stamets to do that. To, to make that last jump. Right. So, I mean... True. But it's... Yeah, that's true. But I see what you're saying. Yeah, put a like, pin in it. Maybe. I see what you're saying, though. Like, maybe he just kind of made a mental note to kind of not overreact or anything like that. And then when the time is right... Yes. Now, that would mean, to my question earlier... Or unless he didn't have the idea until Stamets said, I'm gonna... I'll do perhaps. it. And then he's probably like, oh, shit, now I can actually... Or maybe he always had that in his back pocket. Maybe. Uh, because like I said earlier, was he full of shit? Was he just manipulating Stamets when he was talking to him earlier? Because I found it so out of character that I thought he must have an ulterior motive here. Because he's being so committed to the science. He's being very out of character right now and you feel like maybe he's, yeah. Maybe he's playing the long game. He has been maybe. playing the long game. Perhaps. I, 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 like, what I think that's what I love about the character of Lorca is that um, I don't really know what he's up to no we don't but i want to know and i and i hate the fact that there's a that we have a star trek captain who we don't really know to whether to like them or not yeah because in the past you know we've always because think about how this is going to be you know years down the line you know how, however Lorca is developed you know as anybody's guess but you know when you when you when you think of the history of trek it's always sort of like each show is kind of almost defined by their captain. Right. Right. Or the lead, as it were. But, you know, uh, obviously up to this point, every lead character on Trek has been the captain. Mm-hmm. Not now. So, like, you know, you, you have this sort of, you know, friendly rival between, you know, you have Kirk versus Picard, that sort of thing. Or who's your favorite Star Trek captain? And, like... Archer. Right now, where does Lorca fit in on that list? Well, else? Like, or is it going to be, like, who's your favorite captain... Or who's your favorite lead actor on uh, actor or actress on the show? And like you know, is is Burnham like when you you know 
Whenever you see, like, the, you know, it's like, oh, it's Star Trek's 50th anniversary. They got the, the picture of all the captains on the cover of, like, Time Magazine. Right, you're going to put Lorca up there. You're going to put Lorca up there, you're going to put Michael Burnham. Right. You know, it's right. like, is it now a case of, like, oh, Kirk versus Burnham or Kirk, you know. Right. Well, I don't know. Yeah, so that's always been a fun debate because it, whenever I've seen it or heard it happen, it's been an in-universe debate, meaning, like, almost who whose ship would you rather be on? Right. And... I don't believe anyone would ever say Lorca. Not yet. Right. And I don't think they ever will because I don't think he's that kind of char- character. Now, you could say who's the better right. character, which is usually right. not the way the, our, the debate well, goes. And it's a weird case right now, too, because, you know, Lorca is not the main character of the show. It's only Right. Just, it, but he is the captain. The, it, right. It's just that in the past, the cap- those the captains have been the main character on the show. Yeah. So, it begs the question now... Is it just based off the lead character? Because, I mean, Right. Well, again, if it comes to the in-universe, I don't think anyone's going to choose Burnham's ship over Picard's no. or Kirk's. Right. Or Archer's. But when it comes to, like, a, a like real-world Trek thing, when it's like, oh, you know, Trek's 60th anniversary or something like that, you know, you're going to see, you know, is, is Sonequa Martin-Green going to be on the front page of a front cover of, like, a special Star Trek magazine alongside, you know, Shatner, Patrick Stewart... Avery right. Brooks, Kate Mulgrew, and... Right. Is it going to be a Scott captain's Bacula? panel at a convention? Right. Who's going to be up there? Is it going to be Jason Shatner Isaacs? Makes, if William Shatner makes another documentary called The Captains and updates it, does he have her or does he have Jason Isaacs? Well, you know, mean, I don't know. She's not a captain. She's not. Yeah. But she's also the lead, but she's the lead character. Right. You know? But I will say this. Even when they do that, when they observe these sort of anniversaries and they show all the captains on the cover of a magazine, they don't always show Chris Pine. That's because Chris true. Pine is Kirk. Right. That's he's not a different character. He's the same character as Shatner was. Just that, you know, we're, we more identify Shatner with Kirk. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where Lorca is sort of... How is he going to be held amongst the rest of them in the real world? Yeah. Yeah. You know? And we've never seen the other captains that aren't lead. Unless, unless Burnham later, you know, at some point, however the series develops... Becomes captain. Becomes a captain. Right. Maybe. Yeah, I don't that know. Definitely happen. So back to your original question: Where do I think they are? I think they're definitely in another dimension, perhaps the mirror universe. But what I expect to see happening going forward is that they're cut off from everything. Hmm. Uh, they don't know how to get back. Stamets is injured or insane beyond any ability to jump anymore. So maybe that's something they have to try to solve. What's wrong with Stamets before right. they can jump again? Because there's no way to get back unless they jump. Nope. And they'll try these other things that won't work, perhaps, and they'll encounter the threats and um, adventure along the way. Right. I, so, <laughs> I saw some insane theory online. The person was probably not even serious, but I wouldn't really put it past them. They think that Discovery is now in the Delta Quadrant. Okay. Where Voyager takes place. Mm-hmm. And that... The technology used, the spore drive used by Discovery, ends up evolving to become the technology that the caretaker used to get Voyager, to pull Voyager into the Delta Quadrant. Oh. So sort of like, they become, or like Lorca, or somebody, they create Stamets that. becomes the caretaker, as, as it were. And I'm just like... Oh, come on. I'm like, I don't... It's brilliant. So, I don't think it'll ever happen, but it's brilliant. Think, it's, a, it's fun to think about, but I'm like, I, I don't know about that. Yeah, that's a deep cut to build a show around <laughs> CBS All Access. It's like, and, and not to knock the show itself, but it's like, why Voyager? Yeah. Why, why, why that... Like why that episode? Why that plot? Like right. whose idea was it? To, whose idea would that be? Right. Someone like, walks into the writers' room. I got it. I got the whole series laid out. Right. You remember Voyager and how that was that one thing that happened? We're building the show around that. Right. Or like, you know, why stop there? Why not like remember that one alien species we saw in like episode three of Voyager? Like, how about it's them? And it's like, what if they're connected to the Kazon? And I'm just, it's like, what? Yeah, I don't. I don't believe that that would. We're gonna be build. Yeah, I love that. We're I love build. the way though. There is this the similarity of the transportation right. of long distance. Well, I mean, if you, if you think about anything in Trek long enough, you can you can you can connect things in very weird ways. But I mean, again, that's cool to think about. It 
I guess makes sense. It yeah. could make sense. Well, that's why Trek's fun. But I can think about these things. To your point, no, I can't imagine them building an entire show around that. No, no. And it's not. And again, it's not a knock against Voyager because Voyager. I I I like Voyager just as much as the next person, but I I have a hard time believing that that they would have chosen that show to connect Discovery to it. Yeah, no. I and if they did do that, I'll be I'll be floored if that ends up being the case. Right. That would be very impressive. Yeah. Um. I just realized one thing. If if this is true that they're in this other universe and they're going to be there for a while, I think our idea and our hope that we are going um, to get more CAD development of... The name escapes me. Want me to help you out? Yeah. Give me the... Burn of Dad. Sarek. Yeah, Sarek. Yeah. We really want to expect to see more Sarek. Uh, I mean, we wanted to see more Sark. We thought he might become a more important character. He's no longer on the ship, as we hoped. Nope. So I hope that he comes back in some nope. capacity. I hope that wasn't it for Sark. That and you know what? That's you bring up. A, you bring up a good point. It's like, what does this mean? You know, obviously, we don't know what's going to happen, right? But what does this mean for you know if they are indeed stuck where they are for the next for the remainder of the season? The, there's six episodes left. Is that all we, you know, is Sarek and, like, say, Harry Mudd and, you know, Sarek's wife, Amanda, all of those existing characters we've seen already from the original series, are they done? It, like, are they coming right. back, or is this it? Maybe this will be how the show goes, I mean, with distinct phases. I mean, we saw it already with the first two episodes were a distinct and separate, you yeah. know, environment and everything. Then we got, really, I mean, how many episodes without that? Four? Yeah. I mean, I'll say this about... Let me say this about Sarek. I, I... Right now... Right now... I don't really see his importance on the series mm. as of yet. Like, I, to me, he doesn't add anything to the overall uh, storyline. I mean, yeah, she's... He's uh, her uh, foster father, but... Okay. Well, I think what he adds is that he's a he was an interesting character that they did a lot of character work on. Right. And that was it, really. Right. But what what is making making him sort of a recurring character on the series right now? What exactly is that adding to anything? I mean, I guess what I'm saying is like I, to well, I, I, mean, I almost don't want to say this, but I'm going to say. I just feel like that could, the way he's being utilized right now, mm -hmm. that role could be filled by anybody else. That role could be filled by an original character. I mean, I get you want to make the connections, and I like how they kind of gave us the explanation as to why Sarek and Spock do not get along in, in Journey to Babel. Like, I, I understand, but, I mean, I just feel like that could be anybody else well so why is that specific to sarek right well it originally came up because we were discussing almost a reason to justify why the heck is burnham spock's half-sister right and we sort of came up with well one reason for that would be if sarek becomes a more important character and we right. learn more about him because right. as we said and i think it's a good point there's more to him why is he so human centric why does he like mm. humans so much right um so it would have been interesting. But if we think of Sarek sort of as he's been traditionally used, where he right. would come on for one episode, right. well, this is a show with more story arcs, so here he comes on for a few episodes, and mm. that's it. So I guess that is sort of fitting with how Sarek has often been used. But I feel like we need the... I expect and I hope and I feel like I want and need a, some payoff. Why is Burnham Spock's sister? Is it right. just so you could say... She's Spock's sister? Or is there more to that? Is it going to come up more? And I hope so. It's just where we are right now, unless I missed something, but where we are right now, just right now, I don't see the value of him being there just yet. I mean, I'm well, sure no, we will eventually. Well, no, not where we are now. Yeah, I'm sure, no. you know, maybe we will eventually, but right now, I'm still right now just sort of wondering what role is he going to play as the series develops i don't you know, know. I, but i, I want I something no for either him or spock or i need i need a reason that she's spock's sister for it to 
yeah. pay off in a, in a good way. Other than just to say, hey, this. Other than just the fact that, hey, this is cool that she's, you know. Yeah. The, and here's our link hey, to the original hey, series. You guys, remember Spock? Uh, that's his sister. Right. It's like yeah, that. Yeah, that it's is like, cheap. Yeah, and when they just to kind of wrap this thought up, but you know, I'll just say like when they announced that that's who she was, I just you know before the show came on, I just kind of thought, oh, okay, why? Mm, exactly. Right. Why? Oh, that's cool, but why? Why? And I think they've done some good work with it so far. Yeah. I like what they did with it in Sarek. I think it's great, and I would like right. to see more of that. And yeah. Perhaps so, we will. You know, of course, is that thing is out there is that we could see, uh, you know, Cadet Spock or oh no, not well, a Cadet by now. He's a he's actually on a ship. So he's yeah. He is first. He's he is. Uh, I believe he is first officer in the Enterprise. Even even then, yeah. So that, I think that was when we really would put the uniform question to the test, right? Because if he's wearing the blue and the silver, then we know everything's crazy. Yeah, and like I I do. Uh, I do know that the uh, I don't know when where it was said. I know I read it someplace, but they said that they, they do not want Spock to appear on the show. Oh, really? Yeah. But I don't know what that means. Like, can, can we see a picture of him, like in a in a computer database? You know, I don't know. They do not want him to. Well, maybe they don't want him to, but they're going to do it anyway. They didn't say he won't. They said they don't want him I to. I mean, look, the way digital technology is evolving, the way they did it in Rogue One, I mean, uh, I'm sure... And there's plenty of existing footage of a young Leonard Nimoy from the cage, so I'm sure they could do something. Oh, yeah, well, the picture or something. I don't, I don't think they could make a uh, digital that's out of their budget. I don't know. I'm not, uh, I'm not putting it past them. I think it's out of their budget. But we've already now had Spock played by another actor. Yeah, you could have a younger Spock played by. A I would not actor. mind, honestly. I I really wouldn't mind Zachary Quinto doing it. Oh, I, if that happened, that would be fantastic. I mean, that would be fantastic. Yeah, give him uh, some little de aging. Yeah, I, I. Oh, I would love it actually. That yeah, I mean, why the fuck? I'd be open to that. Why the really fun. Um, so this ended up. I mean, to kind of give my final thoughts on where on where I think they're gonna go. Obviously, I have no idea, um, but I'm hoping they spend some time where they are in terms of like where they are in the universe. I, I don't think that they, I think they're in another reality, but I don't know if like, I don't, I don't think that they're far away or anything like that, you know? Not far away in distance, but maybe far away in Yeah, not far away dimensionally. in dimensions. I'm still sort of like... Thinking of what you said earlier, like if they were, you know, if they were in the mirror universe, let's say, they'd know, you think they'd know where they were via coordinates. Right. Right. I would think, but I, I you don't, would think. We don't really know how the mirror would that, universe works. Would that only apply to the, to the mirror universe? Why would, that, why would that not apply anywhere else? Right. Right. Um, but I hope they spend some time over the next six, six episodes or so kind of exploring these you know this i want them to explore where they are obviously and you know i know that the plot of the next episode um the plot line was released recently where they said you know that they they don't something like they don't know i forget what the actual like plot line said but it was something like you know they don't know where they are and they have to somehow kind of pool their resources together to to get home and i'm like oh you just described the premise of voyager in one episode that's true that is true so um, what it did remind me of just a little bit was, and this is a distance thing, was the next generation episode where no one has gone before. When the, that, that, uh, strange alien, the traveler sends the enterprise like, like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of light years away. And they're so far away that everything, like even everything in the universe looks all kinds of, looks all kind of strange. So... It kind of, yeah, it did kind of remind me of that, but um, I don't know. I, I think right now they're in a, they're in another reality. I don't know if they're in the mirror universe per se just yet. I mean, I don't have enough evidence to kind of no, really and, and I think really, that's intentional. Yeah, in that we're left for the next few yeah. months. So um, it's not my favorite episode of the season, but um, it did bring the first half of the season. It did kind of wrap it all up in a nice. In a nice bow. You know, everything up to this point feels, you know, save for that ending, does feel, everything established in, uh, from the first episode onward does feel resolved to me. And now we're sort of like heading off to the next 
to kind of the next thing. Yeah, there's still, I, some, there's still some low-hanging fruit a little bit, but that sort of loose ends that need tying up. But yeah, I think for that the most part, yeah. We've resolved things, and we've set other things into motion. Because now we've got a damaged Stamets. We've yep. got a damaged Tyler. Damaged and or something mysterious Tyler. Right. Because even if he's he is just a human, and we have uh, been reading way too much into all of this... He has now been re-traumatized right. by his experiences. Re-traumatized, yeah. Because he seemed to be coping well, but then on seeing his, um, you know, his his assaulter, his sexual mm. assaulter, he was. Um, yeah, I'm curious what role she's going to play now. You know, if they stay out, if they if they stay lost, as it were, for the next six episodes, I mean, she's going to be with them, right, the entire time. Yeah, she's she's in the brig, and yeah, I don't think you're going to let her out. Mm-hmm. But clearly, she has some. Uh, plan or some yeah. intention with Tyler and is involved in some way. So on a scale of 1 to 10 for me, I'm giving it an 8. Um, yeah, I'll give it an 8, but I will give the battle scenes of both the the on the um, inside the Ship of the Dead and outside, that's up there at the 9.5 for me Jeez. for Star Trek. Wow. That is some great battle, you know. I really liked it. Yep. And, you know, Star Trek... Not really known for its great battles, so. <laughs> so, um, and the show does not return until January, so. Right. Um, but we will be returning. We will be returning. Because we've got great plans for all of our listeners, including, but not limited to, doing some um, discussion of episodes that tie directly into Discovery, mm-hmm. perhaps the Harry Mudd episodes, any other ones that we think of. Um, and you know we're gonna come up with some some fun ones maybe characters we'd like to see on Discovery. Yeah, kind of a wish list if we'd want to see it. I mean, we kind of discussed this a few weeks ago, but I wanted to kind of flesh that out a little bit more to see what we want to. Yeah, that could be a really fun discussion. Yeah, there is a new comic coming out that will e- explore surprisingly Tokovma's past right. and his rise to power. I'm gonna check it out if it if it seems interesting. I think that might be worth discussing. Mm. perhaps we'll learn some more about the Klingon uh, culture at this time and their society I think in the meantime you know as the show is sort of on its hiatus which isn't really that long um, because we're a week we're a week before Thanksgiving right now Um, so it's really only like a month and a half Mm -hmm. unless you're in the future and then you're probably gonna you know yeah either listen to our next couple or skip right to the Um, season second half opener so future people you can listen as you will. I am definitely gonna, you know, spend some time rewatching the first nine episodes until, you know, right up until the show comes back, because I want to see if there's anything that I uh, that I missed. And any, you know, podcasts we do between now and the premiere, you know, I'll probably bring up new observations as uh, as we go. But right. I want to, yeah, I want to kind of sit down and watch it, sort of with a little bit more, uh, with a little bit more detail. Yeah, and maybe see more. Um big picture things because very much our discussions have been about episode to episode and wondering what's going to happen and speculating and things so yeah yeah perhaps we'll see a big picture yeah i feel like now i will have the time to kind of sit back and really kind of take all take it all in as much as i can you know i'll be able to kind of focus more on uh on what i want on you know on, on watching each episode so you know i'm sure there were things that i missed yeah initially yeah and perhaps so. we could even do an episode of the first half of the season as a whole yeah looking at the big picture away from the episode to episode absolutely all right so we are done for this podcast please listeners leave us a rating lead us leave us a review on whatever your listening platform is they will help us to get to more ears pointy or rounded <laughs> um you can tweet us at disco podcast on twitter um, and or uh, email us at indiscoverywetrust at gmail.com still have not really gotten any emails that's making me sad yeah, I, check no every, I check every day people listen people listen just but nobody, nobody wants to email us nobody tweets us either come oh, on guys yeah anything even just like a hey I listen yeah I listen and I actually make it to the end of your long episodes no, notice us senpais please give us some like uh, you know give us some sympathy I, we don't want sympathy. I don't want sympathy. I want praise. 
No, I'm joking. Yeah, but give, me some, give us some sympathy praise. You know, we're going to keep making this show even for our, if it's, you know, ten listeners. Yeah. But it would be nice to hear from any of our listeners. Uh, could be hope we're spreading Star Trek uh, entertainment and joy for you. Yeah. And we would like to make this a two-way communication. Are we sounding yes. desperate now? I think we might be sounding desperate. Sound, I think we're okay. sounding desperate. Perhaps that's a good time to wrap it up. Um, yeah, we're just, you know, we need to be noticed. <laughs> All right. Uh, Till next time. Enjoy the hiatus, and we'll be back, uh, I don't know, next week, but uh, soon. Yes, and remember, in Discovery, we all trust. Yes. Yes. <laughs>